I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. No, I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element of Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging in Digits. intro oh. shit it's because it's because it's very this is so broad this topic like i, I don't want to like like that, shoot shots <laughs> i mean i mean this is this is a relatively dark topic so there's not really it's, not even, it's not even that it's not, it's not even that obviously the concept is dark but like you know it's just you know i could have i probably could have done better but like i, no, I just I was, yeah so sorry don't have an intro for you that's the street broken my bad that's fine i don't <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was like, whoa, Charlie hasn't even discussed this off air. Like, what's this intro going to be? And then it was, I know, uh, I, I literally surprised as soon as I, As soon as I said my things, I was like, oh, wait, oh shit, I don't have an intro. <laughs> Blanked on the intro. I could, I could, I, 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 but no, it's just, yeah, like you said, it's just not, it's not, I don't think it's the topic for uh, mm. for for uh, that kind of uh, amusing um, yeah, not, uh, possible not shots, week. possible shots fired, kind of thing. <laughs> not, not this week, not this week. No, it's very, yeah, well yeah, played, yeah. well played. Very mature of us. Very mature of us. Sometimes we do take a mature angle, un- un- unknowingly mature, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, man. But anyway, uh, hi Ben. How's your week been? Uh, well, we're actually pulling double duty. Um, yeah. So, uh, we'll, but we'll get we'll get to that, uh, sometime. I don't know. Might maybe talk about it, maybe not. But how's your week been, and uh, what you've been listening to this week? Uh, tiring week, man. I've been up since three a.m. this morning, and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch The Hangover. So I watched The Hangover Part Three, and that is an underrated movie, man. That is a really underrated movie at three a.m. on a on a Monday morning. Um, but I'll get into what I listened to this week. I listen to a lot, actually. I'm going to go from from best to worst again, and, and this is going to freak you all out because the best album I listen to this week is World War Joy by the Chainsmokers. Oh my god, it's been a rough really? seven wow. days when this is my album of the week. Oh right, okay, okay. This is just super standard from the Chainsmokers. I feel like I feel like all keyboards sold now should just come with a Chainsmokers pad. That just generates generic, <laughs> simplistic, chord-driven synth pop so that your three-year-old can sing fucking thro- Frozen 2 tunes over it. Chainsmokers like, beat pack. Ch- Chainsmokers beat pack. It's like you get it on your xylophone. If you buy a xylophone, they give you a Chainsmokers beat pack with it. It's so formulaic, but at the very least, it has a little bit of verve and energy. I love that they ran back and grabbed Kygo out of just total obscurity because Kygo, if people remember basically began the tropical house trend and he was instrumental that's a bar. Yeah, he had vibes he, had he was vibes. an instrumental in it all the way up until every <laughs> every steroidal bro just downloaded a copy of fruity loops and gathered all the random girls from their gym to just sing inane hooks over kaigo's trademark sound um so that was sad but i was really glad that kaigo came back and he was really quality on that that was the best track on, on the album the blink 182 track is good too the beat on Takeaway is really good, and Ty Dollar Sign slayed his feature. Outside of that, you know, it wasn't that great. You've heard these songs 300 times, so take that, you know, find your favorite songs on that. There were probably one or two, and, and add it to a playlist. 
Then I listened to IMCU's Boss Up 5. Someone on Twitter put me onto this album. I haven't uh, been checking in with IMCU since Million Dollar, Million Dollar Afro with Problem in 2013. He's a Bay Area producer and rapper. Um, this project is decent. The beats are pretty inventive and engaging, and IMSU sounds okay over them. But the only issue is some of the concepts and sounds he tackles are so dated. Like, Side by Side is just kind of post-graduation EDM pop rap. The Prose is like a lo-fi SoundCloud Uzi track from about 2015. Uh, Live Like Us could be a Neptune's outtake from a ludicrous session. So it's just kind of a mishmash of old sounds that he's put together. When he sticks to the typical Bay Area slap, it works really well. But the other issue is the beats sound really unmixed or poorly mixed, or as if they were just kind of made on his iPad and GarageBand. Uh, It's possible that he was attempting to create this dynamic on purpose, but it just dragged me out of the listening experience, which was a bit disappointing. Smoke Perp's Dead Star 2 debut album from Smoke Perp. Uh, I feel like for some reason labels are just rushing out these sing-rap albums all within a few weeks of each other to catch some type of wave because Trippy Red and Roddy Rich both went number one. So now it's Smoke Perp's time to drop a mediocre project that will sell 12 pure copies and go number one based off a freaking stream farm or something. Well, I guess, man, this is just not it for me. Um, I don't know. But the thing about it is I like this kind of music. So that's a bit unfair on even me to say that. I do like this kind of music. I just, I love Yachty, XXX, Thugger. Uzi, rest in peace, Juice World. I even like Post Malone. I don't think he's hip hop, but I like Post Malone. But this is just so low tier. It's really boring. It's just dull. I, I can't recommend that. But there were still two albums worse than that. And I've already <coughs> mentioned them. Trippy Red, A Love Letter to You 4. Uh, the album went number one somehow on the Billboard 200. We're in a real lull of hip-hop music right now where like third or fourth tier albums are ascending to the peak of the charts. And bro, this album sounds like SoundCloud rapper type four. I don't know, man. Like the only, there was a good song on it, Can You Rap Like Me Part 2, which is actually fire and Trippy Red can actually rap. I can't rap like him. That was, that was a great track and it was really good. That's what lifts it above the last album on this list. But again, man, this is just derivative swill. I'm like, what are you... This is really boring. It's just... Oh, man, I don't know. And then Roddy Rich's album is even worse than that. It's called <laughs> Please Excuse Me For Being Antisocial. Yet another album that went number one inexplicably. It is a total yawn fest, this album. He does these weird young thug impersonations. At one point, actually, because I'm not a big Roddy Rich fan. Like, I don't know his music very well. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, man, he got Young Thug on a track here? No, it's just him. I, I think he's pitching up his vocals or something, on, like especially on God's Eye. But it just sounds weird. I'm like, bro, just get Young Thug on the track or don't try and rip him off either way. But, man, this is boring. Uh, man, I don't know what else to say. It's been a terrible week for music. I just wrote at the end of this, <laughs> just very depressingly, what a time to be alive. And uh, <laughs> it was rough, man. But yeah, that's what I got into. What about yourself? Oh, derivative swi- der- derivative swill. I've used that. That's a great, tw- that's a great I've phrase. That, I've used that twice in a row, but to be fair, like ah, uh, I've been trying to expand derivative. my vocab on the pod, but 
sometimes I, I re recycle phrases and I'll listen back and I'm like, Ben, just relax, mate. Find some new freaking phrases. It's, 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 it's a, a good, it's a good phrase. phrase. It's a good phrase. It's a great phrase. Derivative swill. Very, 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 up, very, very up class. Very I descriptive. Like very up, very upper class. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I'll go into some uh, good stuff that wasn't those. Um, <laughs> uh, so I started. Uh, I started with Kofi Stone. Uh, nobody cares till everybody does. So it's the guys. It's a rapper from I think Birmingham, um, UK. Shout out. And uh, it's uh, if you if you listen to guys like uh, Loyal Kana, who is also who's actually uh, featured on one of these tracks, uh, you kind of. You kind of know the vibe. It's a very chill kind of hip hop, uh, unassuming beats, a uh, little bit jazz elements in there sometimes. But the lyrical content is what you should be here for. Um, he just goes real deep, real deep into basically himself. Uh, very introspective. Uh, there's a song where he basically just spends the whole song talking about uh, his, I think, stepfather and his treatment towards his mother and stuff like that and uh the title track i think it's the title track anyway um it's kind of like this uh i guess spoken piece where he tells a story of like the what the cover art looks like so basically the cover art for those who haven't seen is just like this little uh drawn piece where it's just uh him standing in the middle of a high street uh what's the what's the word for it um when you like perform in public and you're just like you got like a you know you you got like a a, a a place to put money in, you know, stuff like that. What's the what's the word for it? Busking. Word for it. Busking. Busking. That's it. Yeah. So he's doing that basically. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, he just tells that kind of um, story of that particular um, cover art, and it's very succinct of how like people, one person started to notice, and then you know he he was there for hours doing his thing, trying to you know dropping bars and that, and then one person comes, and then two. And then, like, 30 people are around him. And he just goes, like, at the end, nobody cares until everybody does. And I was like, that's real shit. <laughs> that's real shit, because you can do so much shit. Like, you can do all your things, and then one person notice, and then suddenly, like, loads How of people notice. I'm that? like, yeah, that's so true, where, where were you guys, like, where were you guys, honestly? You, all of you were walking past, and now you're noticing. It's just yeah. a bit of a joke. But anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so it's a real deep album. Uh, just a real good listen, to be honest. Uh, real, real smooth. Uh... Finale 62, um, he's a Detroit rapper. Um, I kind of glazed over this, uh, listening to this, to be honest. Uh, not not in, like, uh, shots to Finale or anything. Uh, it was, I was just, that was just why I was just doing other stuff at the time. I just wanted to play it. But uh, from what I actively tried to listen to, uh, it was, uh, it, it was, it was, it was great. It was just, uh, you know, good good Detroit rap, um, he's very personal, uh, talking about, uh, I think, uh, trying to think, of, uh, there was a, there was one particular track I really enjoyed, but, uh, I honestly totally forgot, but, um, I'm doing a disservice here in, in terms of, in terms of, like, the hyping him up, but it is a, it is a worthy listen, uh, it's not that long, it's kind of, uh, I think, about half an hour or something like that, but, uh, I think it's worth listening, for sure, for sure, considering that, uh, I really enjoyed, obviously, Sincerely Detroit. I don't know if he was on there, but uh, considering all the Detroit rappers that I now know of and uh, have actually known of, I just didn't realise that they were from Detroit. You know, it's just another one and uh, on that list to add to on, to add to on the list. And uh, so it's always worth doing. Uh, Poldor, Forevermore, a little EP from... Um, I, don't, I forgot where he's from. He's, he's somewhere in Europe. He, he's a European... Uh, 
He's a European producer, and like his his. He he's my favorite. He's one of my favorite instrumental instrumental producers in the moment. Um, he, his his way of just doing things is so pure. Um, it's not just like you know basic beats. Um, it's like actually constructed uh, live instrumentation along with it. And uh, he collabs with a few others as well. Um, Niamo is another one uh, he collabs with, and they, and they do a great song together. But yeah, he's a he's an amazing instrumental producer, and it's just like you know chill hop kind of vibes. Um, but it's just it's just added elements that he um, does uh, that just puts him over the top compared to uh, most of the others I listen to. Uh, Miss Banks, uh, the coldest winter ever, part two. So. You know, I was having a chat with a friend the other day about um, just female artists in the game right now, um, UK specifically, and I was just like, the, 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 these women are so good, but I'm wondering why don't they collab? And I kind of, and, and that has nothing to do with Miss Banks and the album itself. The album's, you know, okay, it's cool. Uh, well, it's a mixtape. Just want to say that it's a mixtape, not an album. But um, you know, it's, it's good. It's good if you've heard Miss Banks. You know, um, a, a few of her singles are on here from like the past year, so half of the mixtape I've already heard technically. But uh, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool. It's got some it's some songs. You know, uh, uh, you know, probably UK rap tracks. You know, flexing uh, a couple of Nigerian ones, like Afrobeat uh, in- inspired ones. Uh, a couple of like R and B inspired ones, uh, inspired ones there. I think there was like a house garage kind of version, which I actually enjoyed. Um, but yeah, even in that, in the bus conversation, I was just in the tangent I was talking about. Um, I just wonder why like female rappers in the UK just don't collab as much as they, as much as I'd love to see them do. Like because you know Miss Banks is great, Stefan Don is great, Lil Sims is great. You know, there's there's, there's loads of them out there, Lady Leisha and stuff like that. I just want to see them just all just try and up each other's game a bit, to be honest. Because, you know, I, I see a lot of, I see plenty of men do it. Avelino and Dave, Ocean Wisdom, P-Money, Ocean Wisdom gets, like, they, they up each other's game. And you can hear it on the tracks, um, especially with the Ocean Wisdom tracks on Big Talk. So I just wonder, you know, sometimes I feel like some of these, uh, 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 female artists, they just, uh, you know, they don't upgrade, and I feel like if they collabed with each other and did, like, a few tracks with each other and just tried to, you know, compete with each other, that the the quality will rise, to be honest, but, um, you know, if, if you like Miss Banks, uh, you should give us a listen, of course. Uh, Stormzy, Heavy is the Head, obviously the most hyped album of the week in the UK, here in the UK. Uh, it's, it's all right. It's cool. Yeah, it's worth I a listen. That way too. It yeah. was alright. It's it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's worth a listen. There's some great bars in here. Um, the uh, the <laughs> the kind of uh, self admittance that you cheated on my jam was quite interesting, hmm. uh, especially when I went on Twitter straight after. Um, don't really want to talk about that to be honest. But uh, Tiana Major Nine's on here, and you know I'm I'm gonna ride for her for forever now because uh, she's just I, I, you know she's like the first. She had like the first uh, project this year that I discovered, and uh, I've I've been on her train since. And like considering that she's on you know on, on the Queen Slim soundtrack now, and obviously on the Stormzy uh, uh, Stormzy feature, it's just great. It's just great. I love seeing her. I love seeing her rise. And uh, but yeah, on the Stormzy front, it's uh you know some good tracks on there. Very introspective, of course. Some uh, faith elements. Uh, not as many gospel elements as the as his uh, debut album, of course. 
um, and in that case didn't really surprise me as much as Gang Signs and Prayer. But, um, you know, I think that I consider them both as good as each other. It's not as... Um, I don't really have a favourite out of the two. They're both half decent and both worth a listen, I think. Uh, but yeah, not exactly, you know, home run for me, personally. And uh, Ninth Wonder, Zion 4. Um, it's going to be, I think it's his last uh, beat tape out of, these, out, uh, out of the Zion series. And it is long. It's it's a long one. Like if you if you just want to like if you have like an hour and a half, Damn. and you just want to hear some Night of Wonder beats, go for it. Uh. That's that's the only that's the only reason you could do it. Cause yeah, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's worth you know actively listening. It's not exactly worth a deep listen, quote unquote. Um, there are some tracks here featuring um Smitty, uh, which are very uh, which are actual original tracks um, that have her on it, and uh, you know they they break up the they break up the uh, flow a bit of having just someone on there, but uh, some of the you know there, there are some there are some songs on here that you might re- that you might clock, and they've just been remixed by Night of Wonder, uh, Erica Badu, uh, what's the other side of the game is one of them, uh, and yeah, so you know it's just Night of Wonder being Night of Wonder, man, just uh, doing being being the goat that he is, and uh, yeah, if you want if you want an hour and a half and like forty six tracks of the, of the of his beats, go for it, go for it, and uh, lastly, I didn't get to Catronada. Um, just want to say that, but I will get to that some probably next week. Uh, but last one list two was Free Nationals, um, oh, self-titled yeah. uh, album. How was that? Very funky, uh, very Free Nationals, uh, and yeah, I was I enjoyed it. I, I feel like I feel like I don't want to sound like an audiophile because I'm really not. I don't have the uh, the 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 word the word vocabulary f- to be that kind of person. But I feel like it could have been. I, f- I feel like it could have been juicier. You know, I had it in the headphones. And I was just like, and this is this is funky and stuff. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not feel, I'm not my my body ain't shaking from, from like from you know what I mean. I'm not yeah. getting, I'm not getting sent. I'm not getting yeah. sent to a place. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and that just maybe a, a mixing or whatever. But um, you know, other than that, it was it was very good. Great features on there. Obviously, Anderson Packs on there uh, a couple of times. Uh, Jid does a good feature. Uh, who was the other one? I think it was like I think it was McJenkins. Uh, I, f- I forget. But um, yeah, there was, there, was, there was some good features on there, and I, I highly enjoyed Free Nationals. Uh, but I, I'm just uh, I'm just glad I'm just glad that it finally came out, and uh, I was I was slightly close. I was really close, like thinking this could be on my list. Uh, but no, nah, I didn't. But uh, Sid, that was that was the other one I had to shout. Out. Sid, Sid's uh, Sid's features great. I love Sid. Like, people need to feature Sid more, man. Yeah, Sid man. is so great. I love Sid. Close but on. anyway. Yes, salute to Sid. But um, yeah, we should get to the show. And the uh, topic of uh, discussion for this episode is posthumous albums. Mm. So I feel like I'm going to have to be a devil's advocate on here because I feel like, uh, from what Ben's already told me off wax, he's, he's very on the side of uh, <coughs> post posthumous albums most of the time, I, won't, I, won't, I don't want to put words in your mouth to say all the time, but I'll probably say most of the time should not exist. And, I, yeah. you know, on, on that front, I probably agree. Um, there are many posthumous albums that we could probably name, and, we, and you will probably name here uh, in this episode, so that probably shouldn't have happened. But I do want to, I guess, set my plant my flag on, I do value, uh, I will say that, I do value posthumous albums uh, in, in one form or another, but then again, there are some cases where it's just a compl- either a complete money grab or a complete disservice to the person that has died. Um, 
but yeah, we're obviously going to discuss obviously just the concept of posthumous album. Should they exist, or or you know the ethics of it, and uh, obviously give some examples of the good and bad. But um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave the floor to you, Ben. You can start where you want to start. <laughs> okay, I won't, I can only wonder where you want to start, but uh, well, that's all yours, bro. I mean. I wanted to do this podcast after XXX's label released Bad Vibes Forever. And if you want to listen to my thoughts on that album, just go listen to last week's podcast because I slammed it and I hate it and I, I don't like it at all. I think it was a money grab. I think it was very disrespectful. And then obviously, you know, Juice World passed, rest in, rest in peace. And it was just horrible. And I, I started to think, you know, I couldn't even listen to his music. Like Fast came on in the car and I was just crying. I'm like, shit, bro, this is fucked like this is really bad and i don't want to hear any juice world posthumous albums i left charlie a voice message i'm like i don't want to hear a mac miller posthumous album no fucking way do i want to hear that shit and it it got me down the path of you know listening uh, thinking back to when i first discovered notorious big and and tupac and i was first introduced to notorious big on the dream by jay-z off blueprint 2 uh he spits Mm. the first verse then he popped up on my first song of the black album I didn't even know he was dead. Honestly, man, I lived in Sydney, Australia. It was what I was 14. I had no idea he'd passed until I saw the video for 03 Bonnie and Clyde. And there's a mural of Notorious Big on the wall and J raps, I ain't perfect. Nobody walking this earth surfaces. And I was like, why would he say that with a mural of Notorious Big? And I looked up and uh, yeah, he'd, he'd passed. I was actually introduced to Tupac even before that uh, via the song Until the End of Time. A few friends and I used to swap music and someone sent it to me and I adored that song. It was such a beautiful, touching song. Uh, I bounced from there to Changes. Listen to Changes. Love that. Still, no idea. So, you know, imagine my first two Tupac songs are Until the End of Time and Changes. I had no idea that Parker died. When I researched it, I was devastated to read the story and hear of the rivalry that eventually cost them their lives. But for a good 18 months, I had no idea either of them were no longer with us. You know, that's common knowledge amongst hip-hop fans. But like back then, I just didn't know. And to me, it still feels wrong to release a posthumous album. Maybe I'm being selfish in this because, you know, the estates of Park and Big are managed by Park's mother, uh, Afini. Is, am I saying that word right? Uh, her name right? Afini Shakur? Afini Shakur. Yeah, well, yeah. she's gone now, obviously. So I don't know who's got the estate, but um, yeah, obviously before she passed yeah, herself. Yeah, b- before she passed, yeah. So she was in charge, and obviously Diddy was in charge of um, of Notorious Big's catalogue, and both have incredibly intimate yeah. knowledge and understanding of the wishes of those two legends. But to me, this is where I land on it. Music is a deeply personal form of art. And Jay-Z once said on a song that he never saw a therapist because his music is therapy. And I think especially in the case of Tupac, who rapped with so much emotion, it felt like these artists were giving us a glimpse into their soul or bearing it all for us to see. But they were in control of how much they told, how much they revealed, how much they showed, and when they did it. And to me, that's how it should always be. Releasing music after their passing without them to oversee it or without them to give their full blessing seems odd. And even if an artist does, this is, this is something that is important to think about. Even if an artist does give their blessing for the music to be released posthumously, the landscape changes every year. New things happen. You know, an example mm. is Tupac passing before Notorious Big. And when recording his music, how was Park to know that Notorious Big was going to die? And so Park's more violent output and his threats towards Biggie that came out during his posthumous albums 
feel really wrong like fuck friends you know he, he's critical of notorious big there there are bars on albums that are threatening violence against bad boy and it that you know obviously after they both passed there was a i guess a tone of conciliation between the east and west coast and they all agreed like we need to escalate like de-escalate these these tensions because we can't let it get to this this level again and so i'm just using them as a case study for or maybe to illustrate my point is that how the hell can we even know what these artists wanted after they passed even if what they wanted when they passed was for their music to to be released, things change, and they're not around. You know, they're not around to to give creative advice on their cat. Like it just it sits so poorly with me. And don't get me wrong, man, I, I do like listening to, especially Notorious Big's two albums, Born Again and the Duets. I like them, but I don't know. It just it feels weird. Like I just don't like it very much. Yeah, I feel. Um, I think most people feel the same way with most uh, posthumous albums. Um, funny you say Mac Miller because he's actually featured on the Free Nationals album and uh, obviously in that case I feel like he was obviously recorded before his death, I, I would hope to say. Uh, I would hope to, I'd like to think. I mm. uh, don't know that for sure. But um, it seemed obviously just very, like, you know, catered to the song. So um, I guess in that case it's probably um, obviously justly done. But um, yeah, obviously in the whole concept, I just feel like um, obviously in terms of Tupac and Biggie, it's just a. I didn't actually know that about uh, dropping tracks when they're both long gone, and it's it's like you're dropping tracks about Bad Boy, and that it's just like what? It's, it's just like a, a sanctioned history, basically. Like you know, it's just odd there's, to yeah, there's a drop track that on, as a commercial piece of art. You know, I mean, a track on bit, one of Pac's albums yeah. where he's like a like going at the Fugees and like that see but the food they, they did have that? he did what? have a beef what? he did have a beef with Fugees but it didn't Jesus like ago. it never played out on wax until after he'd passed yeah. because yeah. anyway sorry to cut you off but yeah that just doesn't That's sit fine. well with me man yeah no I, I understand yeah no it's um it's it's it's, it's how it is for some and it's, it's very unfortunate obviously because um in this case we are clearly seeing music as, like you said, like a personal diary entry and, you know, and uh, very close to their heart kind of art. And, you know, I can't, you can't not, <laughs> you can't not say that uh, that they're not dropping the albums for some type of monetary worth, otherwise they just drop it for free, you know what I mean? So it's not like they're not going to take the money. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, we're doing... It, it, that does jar me sometimes. When, like, uh, when, uh, you know, estates of artists, you know, drop an album of just, like, vault music, and they're just like, you know, oh, we're doing this in the for the for the love of our for our dearest uh, Tupac or Nate, enter, enter Dead Artist here. And it's just like, yeah, but you also have ulterior motives. Let's be real. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I understand. We all, we all know the game, but let's let's not act like you're doing this out of the kindness of your hearts and all this garbage. You know, what I mean, it's just like that. Nah, there's 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 some there's some there's some capitalism going on right here, boy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, if it, even if um even if there are some obviously. Cases like that, they are just a bit jarring, and obviously the uh, Tentacion thing is just a uh, very just poorly 
Uh, that's probably that's probably the most egregious recent work I can think of. Where not even it's not even like at least with like Tupac and Biggie ones, like the that their actual their actual verses and stuff like that. You know, what I mean, there's actual some sort of body of work that you can actually work on. Mm. That hearing some of those Triple uh, X tracks is just like. He 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 is literally like twenty seconds of him saying anything, and then like just just build a whole song around that. It just doesn't work. No, no. it just doesn't work. You're, you're working off literal crumbs, and that just doesn't really. It's 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 not exactly a X album in that case. It's it's literally a Bad Vibes Forever album featuring Triple uh, X. It's just it's just how it that's how I see it. It's a Bad Vibes Forever album. It's a Bad Vibes Forever debut album. That's basically what it is and how I see it. Because, you know, it, I said this on um, I said this on In Search of Source when we recorded it. Um, obviously, that's dropping in the on the Friday, um, a couple of days after this drops on Tuesday. But, um, you know, there were just some artists on there. Just look at the track list. It's just like they have nothing to do with him. <laughs> I can't understand if like Joey was on it. If, like, I don't know, Dendell was on it, something like that, you know, people that have actually messed with him, Trippy Red was on it. What? Stefan Don? What? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Rick Ross? Like, come on, bro. Rick Ross? Like, Source bro, Walker? Is it... Like, what? Yeah, it's just... Is this shit coming, it doesn't bro? make... It, it's... it's... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It does. It doesn't make sense. There's no inspiration behind it. And uh, I, I bring to... I bring up the... Um, I should bring up the... Uh, I don't know if you mentioned this on Wax or Off Wax, but uh, when Faith Evans did the uh, did the album yeah, Biggie that that one, on wax, and yeah. you were talking about that, and I was and I was like, yeah, I can I can see that because <laughs> I didn't listen to it personally, but uh, clearly that was just poorly done in terms of like obviously Faith is doing all this uh, you know Faith Evans R and B vibes going on, it and then just, Biggie's yeah. just going the complete opposite way. Oh, it, <laughs> it just wild. doesn't fit the track. It was it's the just most jarring. wild album ever, man. Like <laughs> shit. Because Big, Biggie's just... lyrics are just like just really ultra violent or ultra sexual, and Faith was trying to like, oh man, it was just a mess, total mess. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, they were doing? It, it's it's just jarring, and there's plenty of albums like those. But um, even with that said, I do want to say, you know, the most recent example I can think of, and I'm looking, I'm looking at one of them right now because I have like a little bit of artwork of him. But um, Gangstar. Oh you yeah, know, one of the best speak yet. about that. That was beautifully that, it, done. That is probably, you know, one of the well, one of the best yet. One of the best, um, uh, well done, uh, posthumous albums. You know, done. And obviously, part of that is because one of the members are actually still alive. But even with that said, there are some case there, there there are some cases we can probably look up where there are groups of uh, there are duos or groups and and you know members died, and they've completely bottled trying to trying to continue it. Um, how about this ain't obviously a bad this ain't a bad version. Um, this is a good example, but um, Tribal Quest obviously. Yeah, I um, think they did uh, very thank well. Thank you for your service. You know that was yep. very that was very well, well done. done. Mm. Yeah, very well done, and uh, obviously they took great care of what of what Fife uh, put forward, and didn't try to stretch it, and didn't try to you know, um, uh, I guess uh, you know just just spread the butter too thin on the toast. You know what I mean? Is it didn't they 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 worked within their means, and so did DJ Premier in that case. So, and obviously those are cases where 
um, you know, there, there are some, there's someone actually in the group or the duo to actually um, get the job done. Um, obviously, in Biggie's and uh, Tupac's case, obviously it's just um, them and they have a vault, and uh, you know just how it is. But I do want to ask, um, as a fan of any of these people that we've named or anyone else you want to uh, talk about, um, it has to be it has to be there must be some sort of like you know um, inkling somewhere in your in your in your head where you're just like what i do want to see that person's vault you know yeah i mean of course you want to but like like for example mac miller i don't want to see his vault i've no interest in his vault i but again when i said at the start maybe i'm being selfish in this because it's just too personal for me and i i have the right to just disengage and not listen to that music of course but there are situations where where you mentioned and i'll go from you know i'll talk about the worst case scenarios and then the best case the worst case scenarios as you said xxx you know i've got this this post up from their label uh bad vibes forever which is the label that released right this is what they wrote verbatim about the the recent xxx album bad vibes forever came out last friday and is currently number three in the race for the number one album Jar is and has always been an independent artist. He doesn't have the support of a major label, streaming platforms, radio promotion like other artists on this list. And without being here, he doesn't even have the ability to promote his own work. But he has the strongest and most loyal family of supporters in the world. So we're asking you guys to help by streaming and sharing the album as much as you can all week. We have until Friday to make this count. Please show your support and do everything you can to help get Jar where he deserves to be at number one. That is just disrespectful on every level. I'm not, you know, that's not me being selfish in that. That's, that you can't write that, man. Come on, just give me a break. Like, the the reason, no one's fucking with that album. Because as I said on the podcast last week, it sh- as you said just then, it should be Bad Vibes Forever featuring XXX. And it's still a terrible album if that happens. But don't attach this album to his legacy. That's not fair. That's not fair to someone who's passed. So there are vaults I don't want to see opened. XXX is a vault I don't want to see opened. We spoke yesterday on our on our Central Source podcast, plug that, about the XXX documentary that is allegedly going to come out. And the Pitchfork writer who wrote the article said that they had like 50 hours of uh, XXX's jail calls. You know, that's part of his vault. I don't ever want to hear that shit. Why, why would anyone want to hear his jail calls? Like, you know, it just gets to a level where it's voyeuristic and weird i think there are vaults i i guess like what vaults do i want to hear i feel like we've already heard puck's vault you know that that vault's like all over the place yeah that was yeah that was drained <laughs> it's it's drained biggie's vault i guarantee you is 99 percent drained um yeah most likely so i just don't know like big l's vault has been drained big pun's vault has been drained they, they do drain the vaults and I think they will with Mac eventually, but I don't know how I feel about listening to it, man. I don't think I really want to. I find it t- tough to listen to Mac Miller in general, his stuff when he was alive, let alone when he's passed. Yeah. But you're right about, like, some, you know, an example of a group who didn't continue on is the Beastie Boys uh, when Adam Yorn passed. And they didn't continue. And, and they said that they had new music recorded, 
but yeah. they didn't they didn't say that they would be they said they wouldn't be released because Yaunch wasn't around to you know he wasn't around to give them the green light and so they stopped and that's Spare. fine and then you know a tribe called Quest came out after Fife passed but the difference is I think you know Fife was part of a group so they could just bring artists around him and like you know the way that they did with XXX album where they padded up the album with features they didn't need to do that with a tribe called quest because you know q-tip does like 80 percent of the work anyway so you know it was it was fine and and the hom the homage songs were incredible his his yep. verses sounded you know fresh and new yep. dj premiere with the gangstar that was just wild man that is a top tier producer right there like someone who could construct an album around like acapella verses that had already been laid and couldn't be manipulated that's yep. crazy that only a, a top tier producer could have done that the one album that i actually really like of tupac's posthumous career is loyal to the game where eminem took over entirely he did all the production he did all the he, he did everything and i'm not saying it's a great album but it's decent it's much more decent than the previous albums because tupac was different to notorious big you know notorious big had diddy obviously and diddy was a a master curator uh, he, that, that's what he did. He just curated producers and created a sound and uh, facilitated collaboration. But Tupac didn't really have that. You know, he had some stuff with Dre, but he had some stuff from a lot of different producers early in his career. And so for one producer to sit down and lock in, especially when the vault had been basically drained by the time Little to the Game came out, I think that was his last posthumous album. That was, it was, it was a passable attempt and it was okay. Um, but outside of that, man, like Big L's, you know what I noticed going through this was I went through quite a lot of posthumous albums. The albums that came out directly after an artist passed, so when they had still had creative control of the process and the album was like 95% done, yeah. and then they passed untimely, like uh, Capital, uh, sorry, Big Pun, he released Capital Punishment while he was alive, and I think his posthumous album was called Yeah, the first one. Look, I'm not a huge fan of that album because I don't like the sonic direction Pun took on it, but it's still a much more cohesive project than, you know, his the other uh posthumous albums. Big L's album that came out just after he passed was very good. It was very yep. timely. But then yep. as we got into the late 2000s, it was like what are we doing here? Like this music's so dated now. Like it's mid-90s rap. And, you know, Big L's a great rapper, but it, I also think it does a disservice to the artist in Yes, it's memorializing them, but it's also locking them into a time and just how they can't grow. They can't mature because of their untimely passing. But by constantly releasing this product that was created 10, 15 years prior, it's just locking them into a sound forever. So there's not even an assumption of growth. There's not even a, Mm. you can't even look at Notorious Big and go, oh, I wonder where he would have gone. Because we never mm-hmm. got that opportunity. And like with Tupac, it's like, yes, he achieved a lot and created a lot of different sounds and, and uh, touched on a lot of different emotions. But bam, he's done. And like, and I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. I mean, bam, he's done because he kept releasing these goddamn posthumous albums. And we just kept getting thrown back into his like early 90s, like with the hardcore gangster stuff. And I was just like, would Park really be rapping like this in 04? Come on, man. Give me a break. Like, we've got to assume growth here. And you're just not 
how can we how can we truly look back on the legacy of this artist if we just keep getting bombarded with dated material i don't know if there's an answer to that i don't know it's a difficult situation but even with that said i feel like after some time passes i mean <clears throat> i don't know about everybody else but i i well whenever we talk about well that's the thing whenever we talk about uh Park. I mean, whenever we talk about Biggie, whenever we talk about Big L, Big Pun, or whatever, right? I'm not mentioning loyal to the game. You know, when 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 people when people say, if I ask you rank two packs albums, yeah. you're not going to rank uh everything past uh Don Illuminati. You're not you're not you're not ranking uh, uh stuff after Machiavelli, right? You're ranking you know strictly four. You're ranking um two pack lips now. Me Against the World, All Eyes on Me and all that. You know, you're ranking those. So, even when that's said, I feel like posthumous albums are just like, you know, if you want to listen, mm. go listen. If you don't, don't. Yeah, In 10 years' that. time, it won't even matter, to be completely honest. Like, nobody... People will listen to X, uh, X's music. People will obviously be still listening to Max music. And if, you know, uh, whoever has Max Estate right now, whoever has his vault... Um, if they decide to drop some Lucy's or whatever, sure. If you want to go listen to it, go listen to it. And I think um, you know, obviously, that on on your point of obviously they sound dated. I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> of course <laughs> they they it, it didn't get recorded after they died. You know, what I mean? it's, it's it's kind of just how it is. And uh, I think that's kind of what people have to obviously go through uh, mentally when they go listen to this it's like okay it's going to be park recordings from the 90s okay of course it's going to be but even with that said i think i think your problem is is that the beats obviously sound 2000s and then it's him sounding 90s and obviously that it doesn't mesh sometimes i i, I assume but um one person we haven't um mentioned and i'm kind of pissed that we haven't because i was like thinking about it uh, as you were talking i was just like jay diller yeah, Jay Diller. Jay Diller. Like that's an interesting. I, 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 I've down been there. listening. I've I've listened to so many posthumous Jay Diller projects over the past few years, and they all slap. <laughs> well, he was working heavy while he was in hospital. Apparently, he had a whole like studio set up in there, and people would yeah. come in and he'd be making beats right up to his you know final few days. Rest in peace. Yeah, man. I find that something. I I actually think that's something that has to be mentioned when it comes to producers. Um, it's much more, uh, I think, palatable. It's yeah, it's much it's it's much more palatable because, you know, if most of the time, for for someone like Jay Diller, I guess for as a great example, people, if you listen to Jay Diller, you know what Jay Diller sounds like. Like The Shining is a fucking, oh, what an album that is! Absolute boss album, right? And it doesn't it doesn't. It, it it doesn't matter if well I don't want to say it doesn't matter if he's dead but it's it's because the beats already made you know obviously uh, Marduk's has his uh, foundation and obviously his vault which obviously is a great person to have um uh, to to hold your vault obviously your mother um to 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 have that and to say that okay we're gonna drop this and then let's get some let's get some people that obviously either knew Jay or coveted Jay. And go from there. Um, I think in that case it works for people like I guess uh, 
pack, sometimes it just falls short because did Puck, did Puck know Eminem? That's my issue, man. Did, That's is a big that issue. General question: Did, did Puck know Eminem? Was Eminem even like was, was Eminem there before before well, how, before he died? I don't, I don't how even could know. He be? But Puck passed in what ninety six. Yeah. M was doing like maybe Puck saw him at a random rap Olympics, but like M yeah. didn't drop. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So in that possible. case, it's it's, it's obviously in, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's not a there's not a genuine connection there. Like when I listen to The Shining. And I'm listening to So Far To Go with, like, Common and D'Angelo. I know for a fact that Jay Dillers messed with Common and D'Angelo in the past, in, in, in the years he was alive. It makes sense. So, in the case of Jay Diller, I think it, obviously, most of the time it works. Because if if they if they're going to do, like, something like The Shining or just do a simple beat tape, it works. Because he's, he's a producer and he made beats. You know, and is 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 there's not many um, there's not many unfinished beats that you would throw out there, so to speak. You know what I mean? In in that in that case, so um, I think that's a worthy shout, and obviously it gives a different, I think, a different angle in terms of how posthumous albums can work, and the reason why. And I, I actually asked that's why I think the reason why most of the two pack ones don't work in particular you know quote unquote work is because that he 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 hasn't got um i don't think he had as many connections to even if they wanted to actually you know do some great posthumous work there wasn't many connections there to actually um fulfill it and even and even with that said, I'm not here to listen to a whole album of uh, the Outlaws just uh, <laughs> I was about to tramp, say that. trampling it, trampling over a two pack verse. I'm not here for that. Garbage. I'm not. I'm not here for that. I'm sorry. No, so no, you know, no, no. <laughs> I'm asking for it, but not asking for it at the same time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think that's obviously a worthy angle to uh, just look at think how things go. Um, interesting. And it's yeah, the same, that's, with, that's... and same with, and you know, this ain't hip hop. Um, Prince as well, um, obviously. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to Prince, so I'm not gonna just go into that. But I think that's a good example in terms of obviously he did most of his music by himself anyway. So, you know, it's it's authentic to him. Obviously, it's not, you know, a genuine Prince album when he was alive because obviously he was a perfectionist in that case. But um, you know, it's his music, and it's all him. So. I guess in that case, it might work. Well, that's the thing. Like these, the, the features are the thing that, for me, tips it into inauthentic money grab category. Because just on the Jay Diller point, there was an interview with Jay Z a few years ago. I think it was '09 actually, or it might have been later than that. When did Diller pass? Was it mid two thousands? Uh, yes, yeah, mid uh, two thousand five, something like that. Yeah, I think so, so. I think. Jay was on Juan Epstein and they asked him, you know, if he'd ever considered rapping over a Dilla beat and he said he had a Dilla he had a Dilla beat tape, but he would never rap over them because Dilla's not alive and he said, you know, I, I want to work with my producer. Exactly. And I kinda respected that and it really exemplified the issue that I have with these features. You know, like loyal to the game, for example, you ask if um you know, Tupac knew Eminem, I guarantee you he didn't know Obi Trice. You know, like he, I guarantee <laughs> you, we didn't know Tony Yayo or Lloyd Banks or Young Buck. <laughs> like what? You know that that 
that was disappointing, like really disappointing. And then the duets by Biggie. Look, I like that album musically, but the problem I have with it is attaching Biggie's name to it. I don't think his name should be yeah. the lead billing, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. you look at these features, it's just a wild amount of features. Obi Trice pops up again here. Like, Obi Trice now has a song with two of the greatest rappers who have ever lived. <laughs> in what in what realm is that rational? It, it doesn't really make sense. Freeway was on the Biggie album. Uh, Ludacris, uh, The Game. Um, who else was on it? Nelly. Like, bro, Jill, Jill Santana. Like, I'm not saying these are bad rappers at all. But they just... It, it feels weird. Like, it doesn't feel fair. You know, Biggie might might have heard these people and never liked their music. It just doesn't feel fair to their memory. So that's the issue. And the other issue is, as you said, like when they start throwing the Outlaws on every second track <laughs> or um, Lil C's and uh, what was Junior Mafia? And I'm just sitting there like, skip, skip, <laughs> skip, skip, skip. <laughs> Like the, the thing that they need on Spotify, what they need on Spotify is you know, for they have it for podcasts where you click and you can go fifteen seconds ahead at a time. Oh. They freaking need that for music, man. Because every time Hit 'Em Up comes on, uh, nah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't let your yeah. little Everyone's homies ride out on them. No one wants that, to hear. Skip. No one wants to hear the little homies riding out on them. Get out First the way, First time you hear, get money, get out skip. the way, y'all. Biggie Smalls just got dropped, and I'm like, ah, oh, skip. No. So yeah, man. Like, it just it just doesn't feel great to me. But I agree with what you're saying. The other side of it is, you know, it's possible that I'm a little bit too. I don't know. Not emotional, but like, I get very worked up over things that I, I shouldn't necessarily get worked up over. And as you said, like it's it's one of those things. No one no one adds those albums to their legacy. Something that happened to me on Twitter early was very interesting because I had a look at the posthumous verses whilst they're alive of Notorious Big and Tupac, their their numbers. And okay. like obviously it's dropped. Like Biggie's sales prior to passing or the albums that he released prior to passing, eight point five million post was one million. So that was 88% down. But the review averages are wild. Uh, Biggie's post-passing, his posthumous albums, reviewed 37% worse. And Tupac's are 21% worse. And there's a Puck album on here. Um, which one is it? It could be the one that went number one. Uh, until the end of time. So that is like the, the third lowest reviewed number one album in hip-hop history. The only two albums that are reviewed lower than it is Nav's Bad Habits which is fair and uh skins by xxx tentacion another posthumous album so that we, we can't really i think you're right we can't really view them as part of their discography and if we don't view it as part of their discography then i guess we're absolved we don't have to engage with it you know it's it's not that big of an issue but for super fans you know they might find something on those albums they like Oh yeah. The only of the only issue is like when I was younger and I was quite impressionable and that was my first I guess being exposed to these artists and it wasn't them but you know you, you got to have some individual responsibility and have trust in the listener that when they do discover that the artist has passed that they will go back and discover their back catalog and not judge their entire career based off those posthumous albums but again that's an individual thing and it's subjective so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's not that big of a deal, really. But I personally find it, you know, pretty intolerable. I'm not a big fan of it at all. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. It does, it does, it can have a real chance of just leaving a bad taste in your mouth, depending on how long that person's been dead for. Like, if if there's another, see, if if two, if there was another two-pack posthumous album now, we would just like, mm. <sighs> really. I mean, sure, really? sure, okay, but mm. that's not exactly. That's not us saying that. You know, fuck Tupac, don't listen to Tupac anymore. No, it's just like, we don't need another posthumous Tupac album. Like, we have, like, plenty of... We have we have plenty of alive work to get to, you know, sink our teeth into. And, and you know, you can get the lessons of Tupac from Tupac's, li- uh, you know, uh, albums when he was alive. Like, you can, you can see the story arc there. You don't need the... You don't need some B-sides uh, to... to, to to tell you who he was you know what i mean mm. um but yeah i think i think it also you know accounts for timing as well considering that skins came out obviously so quickly and then bad mm. vibes forever came to how, how it came and how that was packaged of course that was an addition to it but um i, I do think a matter of uh, the uh, there's there's an issue of time as well to be to be added to this uh, conversation and obviously sometimes it can be okay in, in obviously in the case of like uh the big picture with big l obviously yeah. that was a, a really you know quick turnaround considering that the album was obviously nearly done most most of it was done before he obviously died um in that case it works and obviously i guess people knew that he was going to drop an album at some point it was just unfortunate obviously that he died before it actually came out yeah. um but then if you know, someone's uh, you know, it's just it's been long gone, and they just and their their estate drops something. You know, like I said, you have you can you can not listen to it if you want to, and you know we don't add it. If it's great, then we'll add it to the legacy, but if it's not, then we won't let that. And I think that's a good thing about us. You know, finally something good about us hip hop fans that we don't like add it. Uh, add uh, the posthumous album that sucks and let that tarnish you know the discography of a certain artist like i'm not uh gonna s- listen to uh loyal to was it loyal to the game or the other one uh to until to, the end the, of time yeah that i'm not gonna let that i'm not gonna listen to that and go too back shit guys you're not even top five like yeah <laughs> yeah yep. not, we're not doing that we're not we're not doing that so you know obviously we have the we're we're intelligent enough and uh to 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 see that um you know you know, it's a low-key money grab most of the time, you know, and I, you know, Changes is one of, like, my top five two-pack songs. So Great song, there's, man. there's that. Like, I I wouldn't know what I would do. Like, that was, like, my song when I was, like, 14, 15. I was spinning that to death. I love that song, right? So, if that didn't exist, then, you know, I, I, I would feel, I, you know, it would be quite crappy if I didn't know that song existed. Um, but... You know, it's it's you can you can pick and choose. You can take what if you if you have some if there's some bangers on there that you really like, then you like them. Uh, if the oh, album's yeah. great, then you enjoy it. Good, happy. Um, if you don't, you don't. It's just it's just how it is. Um, we all know it's a money grab most of the time, so you know it's just a matter of taking it. I uh, however you want to take it, either with a pinch of salt or with uh, what's the opposite of a pinch of salt? That's a great question. What's the what's the opposite of a pinch of salt? A, what does a pinch of salt even really mean? Like you take a salt it... mine. <laughs> what what is it? What what is its definition anyway? Like I'll take it with a pinch of salt. You know, just take it as t- take it as a, like a small 
a sample of what we're talking about. You know, it's just okay. like you know, it's just it's just small. If if you if you know, don't take it too seriously, kind of thing. Um, and I guess the opposite is take a salt mine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's, a, I don't, there's no opposite to it, but. Um, I guess I guess I've created one. So if you want, if you want to, go, go to look that up, to, man. Go ahead to Lexicon. Go do that. But, yeah, really so, tackling the tough questions on digging in the digits, you guys. <laughs> giving you some premium content right here. Yeah, man. <laughs> bit, di- bit of dictionary. Uh, why not? Bit thesaurus going on. But uh, I yeah, I, I don't know if you want to finish it there. But um, uh, yeah, so, um, so that's just me. Yeah, I'm happy to finish it there. I can't. I didn't know changes was posthumous. Actually, that's I. I thought it. I mean, came what, it is, isn't it? Great, yeah, it is. Great, it's, it is. It's on the greatest hits. Yeah. 98 came out that's crazy yeah, my yeah. first two songs are until the end of time and changes <laughs> until the end yeah, of time is a, is a oh my good lord that's a great song but um yeah man yeah. No, well well said i think we, we we did that very well very well held very well held so let's get to the light note and i've got a short one nice quick one um it, re- it was recently announced uh, as, <laughs> uh, as it is recording today uh that taylor swift is uh, headlining glastonbury yeah. and i just want to and I just want to um, uh, just send Yuck. send a fresh, freshly baked, homegrown, best of British seeds, uh, a yeast, freshly baked L to whoever bought a Glastonbury 2020 ticket and not knowing the lineup. Well done, oh, you guys. I mean, yeah. obviously, you guys can just resell it, but um, even even if like I don't understand this, like I'm not buying a a, a, f- a festival ticket. If I don't know the lineup, I'm there for the music. I don't. You, you lot could talk to me as much as you want about the mystique of There's Glastonbury. There's no festival experience. How, it sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bollocks. Absolute bollocks. Coachella. Don't care. Like I need to know the lineup. If the lineup ain't there, I ain't copying nothing. And I don't understand why people do it. It's just it. It doesn't make sense. I don't even actually kind of think of it. I don't even do it if it's like a, an artist's album tour coming through you know what i mean so i remember leon bridges uh did a, a dropped good thing but he also but he dropped like the tour like a couple of weeks before and i was like well no i want to i want to know if the album's good or not <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to go see leon bridges and i don't like the album you know what i mean obviously i'm gonna get his previous work which i love but and i love good thing just to say but at the time i was like i want to hear the album first so i didn't buy the ticket i regret that now but you know that's just how it goes. I I'm, mm. I'm 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 fine taking that risk of not copying a fucking ticket because I don't know the work and I don't know. In the case of festivals, I don't know the lineup. So, Glastonbury people, hold that L. I hold, minute second of silence for the Glastonbury 2020 ticket holders. And there we go. Lol. Ben, you haven't got <laughs> Lol. The thing I find. <laughs> The thing, I find funny, <laughs> the thing I find funny about this, I was walking through our alternative district yesterday, Newtown, and, you know, I, I really like Newtown. Everyone is welcome in Newtown. There's, there's very rarely violence. There's people of all walks of life in Newtown. But I was seeing a lot of people and I was kind of... like Utopia. <laughs> it's certainly not Utopia, man. But <laughs> um, I'll get to this. But I, I was, you know, about six, seven, eight years ago, I was kind of in that scene, you know, the scene. And it's like... These people will justify any crazy activity to fit in, but also to appear like they're not fitting in. And one of those was festivals, where people would just go to every festival, and it didn't matter what the lineup was. And I'm nope. thinking to myself, and they would always invite me, and I'm like, off rip, no. Secondly, <laughs> who's playing? 
Thirdly, yep. it has to be Coachella or not. Like I'm, and only Coachella. I only say that because their lineups are always wild. Like imagine being in the crowd when uh, Dre and Snoop have the hologram of Tupac. Like that's a moment, man. That was I almost had a heart attack watching it at home on my little iPad. That's a moment. <laughs> but these people go to these festivals as if it's like a destination holiday. Yeah. And I'm like, like what? what's the what's the activities that you engage in? Like, you get You're hypothermia. you taking Molly and shit in a bucket. Like, what's the experience? You get there? hypothermia. You try not to get diphtheria and herpes. Like, it's... What the <laughs> fuck, bro? This is just... Is that, is, that, is that a fun weekend when you're 21? Like, man, come on, man. I'd much rather just uh, chill out at home and lie in bed. Like, I, I don't get nice. it. I'm not, a, I'm not a festival fan in, in any way because they only play, like, yeah. you know, 60-minute sets max. Yeah. Maybe an hour and twenty if you're really lucky, but you're getting sixty yeah. minutes, forty-five minutes set of your favorite artist. If they're not, if they don't play, they play sideshows a lot in Australia. So I usually go to the sideshow. Yeah. Um, there's a festival in Wollongong this year called Farmer and Owl, and they've got some decent artists. They've got Hot Chips, Leaford Mods, uh, a lot of artists I would like go and see by themselves, even mm. together in a group. I'm not going down to Wollongong in January in forty-five degree heat to get heat stroke and i don't know to get picked up by a 45 year old woman like come on man just give me a... look these are things that have happened to me at festivals before oh what an image i have trauma from festivals i went to see daft punk at a festival um that was actually pretty funny but like it was awful it was an awful experience it was it was worth it to see daft punk don't get me wrong but i never do it again man and and to think that taylor swift is he- why is taylor swift headlining why what is this what it's is such this? a rare, it's such like I'm not even a Glastonbury head, but like that just does not seem Glastonbury at all. It just it doesn't compute. It doesn't. Co- it wouldn't even compute with Coachella. I don't even think she'd be welcome at Coachella at this point. I, uh, I don't know. No, no. I, th- I think she would. I think I think she'd do okay. You reckon? I mean, let's be real. Let's be real, right? That fucking uh, what's that dude? That Mason Ramsey kid was there, like and and shit went. Yeah, but he's alright. Like, come Mason on, Ramsey, Coachella's fucking weird. Mason Ramsey had that that fire four on uh, Old Town Road. <laughs> that fire up, four. up in my razor. <laughs> that fire yeah. four. What does he Mason say? Ramsey. Giddy out my way. You heard way. it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Fucking that was what a fire sentence. four. Might be the sentences be the I never thought I'd hear. Might be the best four Fuck bars you know. of the year. Mason Ramsey just came through and scorched the earth. Don't like, piss oh, me shit. Off. <laughs> he had Young Thug. He had Young Thug on that, and he just he just renegated Young Thug. That was wild, oh, man. Mason shut Ramsey. Up, you... oh, I don't even. I don't... My razor. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um... on that on that level of dipshittery, we shall <laughs> leave it there. I've been Charlie Taylor. I was the fifth element. I've been Ben Carter for Pop Numbers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dinging in Digits. Hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show, piece and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Breakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Breakers will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.